Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is the Creative Collaboration Show with Chuck Anderson. This is the show where we talk about how partnerships and collaborations and finding someone who can bring that missing piece of the puzzle into your business can be that that thing that you're looking for uh, that can help your business grow to the level that you want it to uh, and help you to realize that big mission and make that big impact that we know that you are on a journey to create. And that's what this show is about. And I like to bring in people who uh, not only are on uh, that mission themselves, and, 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 and they're more than just business owners. They're people who are making big impact in the world as well. And they're just really good people to partner and collaborate with. They are the people who can provide a missing piece of the puzzle for you. And today's guest, uh, is no exception to that and is someone that I've known for quite a long time now. Uh, we have collaborated on numerous projects uh, in the past, present, and there will be many more in the future. So uh, so uh, Jim Padilla is my guest today. And first of all, Jim, just want to say welcome. And it's about time that we've had you on this show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, sometimes we get in a place where we start talking to the people that we do business with and care about and we forget that you know, we're not talking about we're, we're not giving them the same opportunities to be featured on other areas because we're so busy just trying to follow the next lead you know so uh, it's awesome to be here man yeah and you know we talk so often with some of the other projects that that we work on that you know it's like oh yeah we, we really got to do that podcast episode so <laughs> here yeah. we finally are um and so so jim i don't like to butcher people's introductions. I've had mine butchered numerous times. I've also butchered a few people's introductions. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have you introduce you uh, to uh, to our audience. So let's let's start there. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Jim Padilla is my name, not pictured here. My wife, Cindy, who is my partner in the business and in all things in life. And, uh, you know, we we've been very blessed uh, in to support the top tier of the coaching industry for nearly a decade now um, with growing sales and sales teams. Um, we really specialize in, in creating the systems and the strategies that make salespeople great and then putting salespeople in those systems so they can deliver great clients to you. And that comes in very various different forms. But uh, we we you know we were known as a done for you sales team, and and now we've spent our time productizing our process so that we can bring it to people who want to become the bigger players in the industry. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, one of the things that you know companies need inevitably is sales, and I think what what really stands out to me about you is. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier is a lot of sales happen from you know the founders just being amazing and awesome at what they do and it is so hard to duplicate and to scale without then bringing in other people who can sell and a lot of founders can sell really really well but they're not sales trainers and they're not sales recruit and ha being someone who used to manage a sales team i really have a and i don't want to do it again <laughs> Uh, I have a really uh, deep appreciation for someone who uh, has that skill set. So, um, well, let's 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 chat about two things. Um, one is, uh, you know, kind of who are you serving, and 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 you know what what are you hearing from them in terms of what 
what their struggles are with sales and 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 sort of what their needs are uh and then we'll kind of get into like how you're helping that but what you know what what are you noticing who's coming into your world right now what are they saying well it's interesting because you know we've, we've been in this in this niche for a very long time now and I remember a conversation seven years ago with, with Bill Barron and Justin Livingston, and we were at an event and we were noticing that everybody in the room, I think you, I'm not even sure if you were there. You might've been, you know, I might've been, because I think it was at Bill's CPN yeah. event. Uh, and we literally were noticing that everybody in the room in some form or fashion was building a pipeline for our company. Cause everybody there was helping people grow to six or seven figures, build, get more visibility, make more clients, get a bigger platform, do more things, scale. And all those people need what we have. So that was fascinating. Cause now here we are seven, eight years later, and we have an entire industry of people who are ready for what we do. It is crazy. Um, but we, we work with people right now. We're really focusing on people that are in the uh, multi-six couple, you know, six figure to a half million that are really desiring, I would say desperately desiring to scale to that seven figure mark. And, um, you know, you've, you've got an offer, you're selling something 5k or better, and you're doing it primarily through sales conversations. And, uh, if that's what you do, then, um, you couldn't be in a better place. And I, I couldn't, you couldn't have a better person to know than, me and our company because this is really where we help mm -hmm. yeah so i mean let's let's talk a little bit about you know kind of where they're so that's a little bit about the stages uh of business that you're on it's not necessarily startups but what i'm hearing you saying is that like they're they they have an offer that already sells you kind of know who you are you know what your product is and you're ready to scale so what are some of the challenges that you're you're noticing that they're experiencing with scaling because it's a difficult transition like you and i were talking about before a lot of them when you first start out you do all the sales yourself right and when you are trying to scale you there's no longer enough time to do all the sales and all of the everything that you need to do uh in your business so so let's chat about that a little bit what what what, what are some of the challenges and like when are you ready for uh making that move and what are some of the challenges of maybe letting go of how things were being done before and how they need to be done to, in order to be successful at scaling. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the place where we start looking for is when you are, when you're in a place where you're trying to make a decision every day, you have to have an actual conscious decision. Do I make sales today or do I serve my clients today? Right. You're starting to become the bottleneck and the fork in the road at the same time. And so people you're, you're trying to go, okay, I need to make more sales, but then now you're behind on trying to fulfill on everybody, or you're so busy fulfilling that you can't make any more sales because they're all dependent upon you. And that's a, that's a challenge. Raise your hand if you've been there, right? We, we, we all know that that's a, that's a challenging thing. We call this selling on founder magic. And as when you're selling on founder magic, here's the problem. It's fantastic because people get to access you and you know you. The problem is it's not sustainable. It's not replicatable. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not something that ultimately is profitable because usually you're undervaluing your own time and what can be put on somebody else. And it's easier for me to do it than it is for me to train somebody to do it, or it's easier for me to do it than it is to run someone. And the, the biggest part of the problem that the reason why it's so hard for you to get somebody else to do it is because you haven't largely documented your entire process. You don't have a sales playbook, right? You don't have, you don't have a way to capture all of the things that are in your head or in your history to be able to put in front of a salesperson who can then replicate what you're doing. You know, um, 
Tony Roma's uh, used to be a big favorite restaurant of, of mine. And I used to love this chicken and ribs combo that they had and with shrimp. Uh, it was a, it was ribs and shrimp combo with, with, with rice, with all my favorite things. <laughs> and they took it off the menu for some reason. I guess I was the only person buying it. But um, it, it, they took it off the menu. And then Cindy and I were out of town and we we found a Tony Roma's. And I was we went in and I said, hey, look, uh, is there any way that you could put this plate together for me? I know it's not on the menu anymore. And the server was like, oh, yeah, man, I, couldn't, I don't know why they took it off the menu. I used to sell a lot of those. I know we got the ingredients in the back. Let me get the, the cook to make it for you. She knew all the off-menu items. So she knew what was what, and she knew that they can make it happen. And so I got my plate. But if she had been a brand new server and didn't know anything about that, she could have very easily just said, well, we don't have it on the menu anymore. And so you can't have it. Or I don't want to go out of my way to, you know, the chef's kind of grumpy today, but who knows? There could have been a whole lot of variables around why this wouldn't work. And when you are the founder, you know all the off-menu items. You know where everything is. You know what things you've sold in the past. You know what is in the kitchen because you did the order and you know what's all there. So, you know what? We could probably make that because I just did an order of those the other day, right? When you're bringing a salesperson on, and if you don't have a process and a way to capture all of that, they have no way of knowing any of those things. And so you have to expect that they're going to deliver less than you because they don't have all of that history that is in there. But you can you can deliver this stuff in a process and what's something we call a sales playbook. And that gives the, your salespeople the ability, everything that they need to deliver a sale. And that's all of the stories, all the case studies, all of the swipe files, all of those things. And it just takes time. It takes time to replicate you. You've been doing this for a long time, right? Um, and then the other thing to think about is that your business was probably not designed to make money. It was designed to deliver a product. That's what most of us do. I deliver a product. So I build my business to deliver this product. And then we make sales in spite of it because we just do all kinds of crazy things to jump through hoops and do whatever we have to do to make money and chase different ideas. Uh, and so that becomes a challenge, right? Um, so replicating founder magic is not an easy thing to do, but it, but it is doable and it does require a strategy and a process, which is what we do. Mm -hmm. So for, for someone listening in right now who can relate to this, uh, and I know I certainly can, uh, and I... It's like you said, like, you know, all the off menu items. And, and if somebody asks you something that isn't exactly on the menu, you're going to work with them. You're going to uh, you're going to get that sale done one way or the other. And one of the challenges with trying to train someone is like they only know what they've been taught by you to do. And, you know, so there's this, OK, well, we're going to try this. OK, it didn't work. We go back to Founder Magic. And, you know, there, there's that. Is it, are, are you noticing that with 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 people that you're working with is that they're they're trying to move into the future, but, you know, the challenges arise. And so then they just go fall back on what was comfortable and effective for them. That's a hundred percent. You know, we all get comfortable. It's like, well, I can do this new thing or I can spend a couple hours preparing to teach it to you, or I can just do it in 20 minutes myself. Right. Especially with chat GPT, maybe you can do it in five minutes and who knows, but um, you know, we, we obviously we have teams of salespeople and we actually have somebody selling for us right now. And he's very experienced, very smart, very resourceful, creative and savvy. And he's in the conversation. And then he's like, well, you know, here was the disposition. And here's what I would have said if I was working for another company, is it okay to say that here kind of thing? And I'm like, 
yes <laughs> it's all you know yes it's okay so but we we get caught up we forget all the things that we should be teaching them right so we had to show them from the beginning like our our philosophy and our policy here is seek forgiveness not permission trust your instincts right do whatever you need to do to make the thing if it feels like the right thing to do then trust your instincts to do it we can always fix it or correct it but what we don't want to do is miss the opportunity because we didn't trust our instincts Right. So those are things that we bake into the sales playbook. Those are the things that we bake into the training. Those are things we bake into the onboarding into the consistent management and leading leadership of the sales team. But here's here's the key around that is, you know, a lot of times if you most people, if they if they're trying to replace founder magic, they're usually trying to find a closer, a magical unicorn called a closer. And here's the problem, guys. Uh, you know, this is our this is our big throw rocks at opportunity here. We are poo-pooing on the closer industry, even though we're a part of it, maybe even quote unquote, partially invented it or created, gave this thing a boost over the last decade. You don't want a closer. A closer is hard to find. A closer is hard to keep. They are hard to replicate. Actually, they're impossible to replicate. And most of them, almost none of them, I won't say zero, but as close to zero as you can get, are going to show up with a system, a process, and a strategy. They're just good at selling, and they're going to make you money while they're here, while they're here, because the moment they walk in the door, they are already looking for the next opportunity. And it doesn't they don't even have to be looking for it because it's probably looking for them. There's always someone seeking to offer them 1% more, $5 more, a bonus, something. You're The moment you hire a top-tier closer, they are already halfway out the door. Just know that. And then when they leave, they're going to leave you right where you started because you'll have made some sales, you'll have made some money, and you'll pay it a lot to do it, but you won't have a system process strategy that will leave a big old hole when they leave, right? So we focus on creating the systems, strategies, and the processes, and then recruiting level 10 humans who might be level six or seven salespeople. We can train the rest, and we can put them in a badass system selling a great product so that they consistently and predictably overachieve. That's better than a closer, top tier closer any day. You know, what you just said, I think there is so important because I hear it all the time. Like, oh, I, and, and I see it. I see posts in some of the groups that we're in. It's like, oh, I need, does anybody know someone who's like a, a, a really strong salesperson or a really strong closer? And, and it, it, yeah, I totally agree there. That's what they're looking for. But I, I love what you just said there. Um, a level 10 human, right? Level 10 yep. human. The sales skills can, you know, maybe they have some sales skills that can be improved, but you can't change who they are as easily as you can train them skills on what to say and Correct. how to say it and all that kind of stuff. So. Correct. You you and me fall into this kind of unicorn salespeople kind of thing. Uh, and I used to get irritated about it. People say, oh, you could sell ice to an Eskimo and shoes to a man <laughs> with no feet. I'm like, yeah, but why would I want to do that? That's, a, that's not a compliment, <laughs> but I get what they're saying. But the deal is, you know what? Everybody's not great at selling everything. You want to get people who are in alignment with what you sell. They're a values match for your company. They completely understand your, your ideal client and the journey that they're on. That person will overachieve and over-index there versus you put that same person in my old company, in my alarm sales, banging doors in the summertime and in the winter, knocking on doors to sell alarms. That person would probably fail ultimately, but in the right environment, they would thrive. Right. So it's it's just a matter of matchmaking and, and making sure you have the right process and system in place and the right people in the right process. And I promise you, they will overachieve. We the sales skills is the thing that can be put on easiest. The, everything else as a human is not. 
you know, a great, great salesperson and closer may not ever pick up the phone to follow up anybody. They may not ever farm your leads, right? They may not ever document anything in your CRM and you have to chase them forever. There's so many things that go into to have somebody. A lot of times what you're bringing them in for is the ability to get on the phone and move people to a yes or a great decision. And that a lot of times comes at the expense of everything else. Yeah. Because their value system is what do I need, whatever it takes to earn a commission uh, and, and, and get paid. So they're not really worried about, I used to have a, a salesperson on my team who, uh, exactly what you just described. She would get the sales, she would get the credit card number and then no signed contract. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and like zero, like zero communication after that, like once the commission was earned, it was on to the next one. Right. And so yes. what you're talking about is having more of a, more of a system and having all of that in place so that when you put a good person in it, all of those things are, are, are getting done. And I think that does speak to some of the reasons why people attempt to get a salesperson. It doesn't work. And then so they go like, well, that didn't work. So I'm just going to go back and rely on myself. Correct. And, and so, so we talked about that problem. We talked about what they need to have in place to solve the problem. Um, so for someone who's like ready for their next attempt or maybe their first attempt at scaling, you know, what are their first few steps? So like if that's where they're at right now, what is the next step and maybe the next couple after that? that they should um, be considering taking in order to, to do it differently this time? Yeah. Uh, first, I want to put some context because this is a partnership hmm. collaboration podcast and discussion. And the reason why we're talking about this is we do a lot for partner. That's how that's our number one of our core values. It's how we earn most of our revenue is through partnerships. And one of the biggest failings that I see for most people is that they don't have a quality conversion strategy to bolt onto their partnership uh, funnels and formulas. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you can do for a partner and the way you can be the best partner to a partner is that when they send the leads that they have worked their lifetime to cultivate a powerful image and reputation uh, and, and serving these people well, and then they recommend you and then they send them to you and then they return back un fulfilled because you couldn't get them across the finish line because you didn't even have the right mechanism, the right strategy, the right processes in place. You are now essentially, and take this with all the love in my heart, but behind this, you are essentially useless to your partner at that point. So you lose, the client loses, and your partner loses. And there's no reason to. So the reason this is so important in this conversation is you have to have quality conversion strategies to bolt onto your partnerships. And that's going to make you valuable because you're going to solve their problem and make them look great to their client. And everybody's going to be winning and making money. So um, keeping that's why, that's why this conversation is relevant. But here's a couple of quick things. I'm going to run through these fast. But what you want to be thinking about is uh, if you're going to put your system together and start thinking about how do I replicate myself, you need high targeted QBAs. QBAs are qualified booked appointments. That's our number one metric of significance in our, in our company. The more QBAs you have, the more sales you make, period. And a QBA is loosely, this is the simplest definition I'll give you. Instead of you focusing on trying to find people to buy the thing you're selling today, you want to find the ideal people who will buy all of your things, right? And that means stop focusing on people who can give you thousands of people and start getting get finding people who can give you hundreds. What if you had a hundred people on your list who loved you instead of a thousand people who just kind of like you? 
you can make a lot more money and a lot more impact, a lot more satisfaction and, and work for everybody there. So be very, very, very clear on who is coming into your world. Okay. Next is you do need a step-by-step -step playbook. So, and it doesn't have to be magic. It starts with just you go, okay, what happens when the moment somebody says hello in your world until the day they buy from you and just document every one of those steps. Now that is a process. It may not be a great process and it may not be an effective one, but it is now one that you can improve upon because it is literally in front of you. You say, oh, I need more of this, less of this, replicate that. Uh, and then, then you start focusing on the automation, right? The automation that's going to give you the qualification, start giving you the metrics and the data and the information to start managing what's happening in your process, which are the things that make your salespeople more effective because they have good information to operate from right? Qualifications and sequence. And those are things that you want to make sure you don't just throw them out, but at least if you have one, it's better than not having one, but having it sequenced with the right qualifications in place. Um, and then one thing that almost everybody misses, and I don't understand why, because 20 years ago, this was never an issue. Um, but for some reason, people don't believe in follow-up anymore. And follow-up is where the magic is. If you're not making 50% of your sales from follow-up, it's simply because you don't follow up. That's really that's the best way I can make it. You need a post-offer process dialed in, documented, automated, and intention. A pipeline is what we call this. The pipeline is a sales activity. It's not a CRM function. This is not a nurture thing. Sales is a pipeline is worked by a salesperson who's building a relationship with the people that are in the decision-making process. That is a pipeline. It's not, oh, let me send on my blast to all 10,000 people or 50 or 100,000 people on my list. It's a personal invitation that says, hey, Chuck, I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago, and I know you were mentioning that you were still having this challenge and you wanted to solve it. We're doing a webinar on a Friday, and I want you to be there because I know you'll be able to get some questions answered too. That's way different than a blast email that says, hey, I'm doing a webinar next week to one to, to a thousand <laughs> of people, right? Yeah. So- Getting that in place and, and measure that. How many, how many of your sales are coming from follow-up? I'm talking literally 50%. If you're not even approaching 50%, then all that means is that you're spending all of your time trying to squeeze everything you can from at the front door from people who walk in instead of really focusing on serving them over the, valuing the decision that they made to come into your world in the first place and then serving them powerfully so you stay relevant and valuable to them over time so that when they're ready to buy, you're the person they buy from. All right. Um, and then you need the last but not least, these are the key components. Can you highly targeted QBAs? You need a step-by-step -step playbook, quality, great um, automation, a post-offer uh, formula dialed in, and then you need a way to ensure that your salespeople can perform to 30 to 50% conversions all the time. And that's not usually going to be you running them, training them, leading them, because probably is not your strengths. And you're too busy building your business. You don't have time to babysit a sales team. So you need to make sure that somebody is, unless that is your genius and your gifting and your magic and your desire, because babysitting salespeople is not always the easiest and most fun thing to do. Uh, and I don't do it directly. My team does, or it probably wouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love what you just said because I you know you mentioned our the theme of our show is partnerships and collaborations and and you know so many times uh, we try to do things that are not within our zone of genius and I think this is where great partnerships are formed is you know your your zone of genius is one thing mine is another thing together what else can we do 
And, uh, you know, so, so, you know, two reasons for having you on the show. A, we look at you as being someone uh, amazing to collaborate with, especially for anyone listening in right now who is struggling with scale, struggling with, you know, how do we, because uh, part of, obviously, big part of scale is how do we scale the sales so that everything else scales as well. And that's what you are masterful at. Uh, but also, you have embraced partnerships and collaborations in your business as a way of scaling as a way of finding the missing pieces that of the puzzle that maybe you need as you build out new systems and grow and everything. So I just wanted to ask you your take on um, uh, partnerships and collaborations on, you know, how have they played a role in your business and how essential are they to where you're headed? Yeah, you know, I, I've taken on partnerships. I'm, I don't know the right way to say it. I'm definitely more trusting than the average person. You know, um, I mean, if you say you can do it, then I trust you to do it. And so I say, okay, great. That's everything from, yeah, I can get you 10 clicks or 100 people to show up to, hey, I can deliver this piece to your clients if you don't want to deliver it. That means I'm counting on you to help my clients win in this area. And um, I think too many times we don't, we don't trust enough. I think we have to make, we make people prove themselves. And I've, we've been successful in our company by trusting people early. So like we build leaders in our company before we have the money to pay them because we bring them in as part of the, the revenue generation model, which means we're usually not profitable early because we have to pay them, but we can get to the outcome faster. And it's the same approach with a partner. So rather than me trying to do all things, like for you, if you know if you have people in your world and your primary thing is you're helping them win and make more money and be successful, you're probably creating a bottleneck scenario for them. And so unless you want to be the person who delivers and trains and optimizes them, awesome, more power to you. How can I support you? Let me know. But ideally, bring it to us. We've, we've done this to the tune of you know, $300 million. We do 25,000 sales conversations a year as an outsourced company. Now we also have this as a product. So we're helping us at that smaller company. And so all the reason I share that is because we've got sustained proficiency. We've forgotten things that you have never even learned yet, right? We just do this at scale, just like you. What's the thing you do immensely that you can do it in your sleep and wake you up in the middle of a sleep at 2 a.m. and say, Chuck, make this happen for me. And you go, I got it, I got it, I got it. Go push this button, click this here, call this person because you already know it. It's in your DNA, right? Those are the things that make you valuable. And these are the things that make us valuable to you. So we help you get your clients paid. And here's one of the cool kickers of that. When we help you get your clients paid, they can pay you. That's the beauty, right? So we're a double dipped asset. We're, we're somebody you absolutely want in your, in your partnership world. But you want to be looking for partners in that vein. Don't just look for people who have access to people. You want people who have access and influence over the ideal people. You know, ideally, you're, you're both a partnership in our world is defined as two amazing companies or people collaborating for the benefit of the people we care about in common. That's how we define partnership. And so if it's not something that we both care about, the winning, the success, and the nature of these people, there's no reason for us to partner because I'm not interested in selling your thing because I know somebody else who sells that thing too. So I would prefer to work with them because they care about my community. Mm -hmm. So what's your approach to partnerships? Are you first identifying a need in your business and then going and looking for someone to partner with? Or are you meeting amazing people, realizing what their genius is, and then going, hmm, how can I... How, you know, how can we bring that in? Maybe it's a little bit of both, but I, I just wanted to, just for, you know, everyone who's kind of listening in on collaborations, I want to teach them a little bit. And so, you know, the question that I get is, 
you know, how do you approach this? Uh, and then also then where do you look? Where, what's, what's your go-to source for finding someone to partner or collaborate with? Yeah, you know, we work with so many different clients that, that are playing at scale that are doing big partner games. We'll do partner launches with 75 partners and 112 partners and all this stuff. And I'll be honest with you, 90% of it doesn't really work the way that they would like it to. The 80-20 rule always applies. Your top 20% of people are delivering 80% of the results. And sometimes your top 10% of people are delivering 100% of the results, right? Um, so it's being, all of that's about alignment and clarity. Um, we focus on, uh, we always look for need first. How do, how are, is this helping us deliver what we do? Or is this helping solve a problem that we don't either don't solve or don't want to solve? because we don't want to spend the time going down that rabbit hole. And I highly recommend being in partnership communities. And one of the big fault flaws that I see in most of the partnership communities I'm in is people show up immediately looking for you to pitch their stuff. And that's, I'm not interested. I just, let's build a relationship. Because what I found is the most effective relationship, most effective partnerships come when we spend time. And I'm like, I love Chuck. Chuck's my guy. So we are that's my my boy. We have a relationship. I trust him. We are hundred percent of values match. Everything he does, I even if I'm not totally sold on the thing he's doing, I want it to win because I care about Chuck. And it happens to be something that can also fit inside of our, um, you know, a built tool belt of resources. So let's figure out how to make it work. That's a whole. Those those always work out better than just somebody who's got this product or this widget that you're selling. And we're looking for long-term relationships. I'm not in, I'm not even remotely interested in just promoting your thing one time, just because I want to be on your leaderboard or do whatever. What I want to know is, you know, how do my people, how, how can we grow together so that our community builds a relationship with you and your community? And how do we win that way so that you're a proven asset so that when they're ready to buy their thing, they're coming to you because we have endorsed you and we put our name on the line, our trust on the line. And we put you in the middle of this scenario. And we said, you are our go-to solution for people solving this problem at this stage of their journey. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I take away every time we talk about this, Jim, is that it's all about relationships. You've said it numerous times. It's about caring about the other person that you're, you're, you're talking to and not about a transaction. I mean, you like getting to the top of the leaderboard or pitch my deal or I've got this event coming up. That's all very transactional. And at some point there is a transaction, but it can't be where it starts uh, in, 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 and be all about that. Uh, you know, and, and for me, and I think everybody's got their own go-to thing. I mean, you and I met in uh, masterminds. Uh, we've been in numerous networking and mastermind uh, groups together. Um, and lately, for me, podcasting has been great because this is one-on-one. -on -one. This is you and you and I have known each other for years, but we still get to spend some one-on-one -on -one time here today. And 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 that's been my go-to strategy for for meeting people. Sometimes intentional, like. I'm going to go find somebody who's really good at this. I'm going to invite them here. Or I met this person. They're amazing. Uh, I just want to get them to know them better. Why not have them here on the show? And and so this is another good. And I know you have your podcast as well, uh, which you've had, you've, you've uh, interviewed some amazing people as well. So has that been helpful as well? The the podcast, in addition to all the masterminds and networking groups that very much actually, to? the podcast is the tip of the spear for me now. Uh, the last couple of years, mm -hmm. it's like that's where everything starts. When it, where, you know, I've been very blessed um, interviewing some you know rock stars, writing through people who've exited companies, people who are leading their industries, uh, and that's the open door to 
whatever conversation blooms from there. Then sometimes they turn into a client. Most of the time, I don't show up to sell to people. I show up to sell through people. And so when I'm meeting you, I'm not even remotely interested in making you a client. If you want to hire us for services, fantastic. Like I'm not the kind of person you hire. I'm the person you partner with because you want access to my Rolodex. I'm a great client. If I do something, I tend to be very addictive personality. So I do it to death. So if I, if I do hire you to, to serve me, we're going to do great. But you much prefer me as a partner because I have an incredible Rolodex and I have access to people and I can make strategic introductions and all of those things. And um, for us, that's where it all starts. I get people on the podcast, we have great conversations and then they're like, hey, this is awesome. How can I help? And then they become a partner. And then you know, at some point of it, they go, hey, what about me? I'd love to see how that works for me too. Can, can I hire you? Right. But I don't sell them anything. I just, I, we talk about how can we work together to solve problems for the people we care about in common? That's the name of the game. And that's, that's the qualification before they even get on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, that, that's what makes it all go. And it makes it fun and exciting. Because everybody, now we're all thinking about higher level opportunities and how can we solve problems? How can we create a new offering, a new product? There's so many great conversations that come out of those. Yeah. And it's very uh, abundance-minded. It's not a scarcity thing. It's like, I've got this person on the call today and I'm not letting them off until they give me some money. (laughs) Right? It's not about that. It's about, you know, really building uh, great relationships and having the faith that investing in relationships is going to pay off. Uh, maybe not immediately, but down the road in some way. And, and even if it doesn't, you know, that's, 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 you know, really investing in relationships is really how uh, we grow and we get out of that mode of like, Oh, I gotta, gotta sell something to somebody today. Right. Well, if you, if you show up with this perspective of how can I serve you first? Mm -hmm. Right. So when I get on off podcast, every, every podcast I'm on, you know, do the same thing with you, even though I already know, you know, we know you very well. Um, it's who do you need to talk to right now? What's a great introduction for you today? What's the next initiative you have? And how can I connect you to somebody that can solve it? And so my biggest frustration for my assistant is that I have all kinds of stuff. I have all these people that I've got to follow up with and those get on my to-do list. And she's always checking in every day. Did you make the introduction to Gabe that you said you were going to? Did you make that introduction to Claire that you said you would? Because I make all these promises on these podcasts and they're in my notebook. And then they go right into my, my team starts managing my activities. And so you know, sometimes that's what's on my list. Make that introduction you said you would make yesterday. Make this, make this, make this, follow up with that because it's valuable and people totally appreciate it. And it's unsolicited. I'm just delivering and giving. And then they appreciate that stuff. And they, you know, they always come back. You know, those people send referrals, they send introductions, or at the very least, the next time you see them at the mastermind event, instead of a wave across the room, it's a handshake and a hug, maybe even a breakfast or a coffee or something because they, they know that you're the real deal. Absolutely. Well, you are the real deal, Jim. Uh, and uh, it's a pleasure to know you and all of the things that we've done, you know, past and present and the things that we'll do together in the future. Uh, hopefully people are really inspired by hearing everything you had to say today. Um, where's the best way to connect with you to reach out to you if people would like to know more or connect with you and, and, and gain the edge? Well, if you're looking on the video and you can see this on my screen here, you feel free to scan this code that's over this one of my shoulders here. <laughs> and uh, and it's also jimp360.com, which is up here on the other side. Um, but if you're listening in, t- go, you can go to jimp, J-I-M-P, like my name and my last name initial, jimp360.com. 
www.jeffreyhoff.com. And what that is, is my personal website. And that will take you to, you can learn everything you need to know about me. I've got all my social medias. You can contact me, whichever format feels best for you. You can see things that we're promoting. You see videos and trainings we've done. There's free gifts and resources. Uh, but what I want you to do right now is just, as soon as you go there, just click on the contact button. And on that contact button, at the very first button, there's going to be a text. Click on that button to shoot me a text. And I want you to just tell me right here, just, just say QBA, QBA. If you type in QBA, let me know your name, QBA, meaning you want to know how to get more qualified book appointments so that you can start having the sales that you want. And we figure out any number of ways that we can support you from free resources all the way down to done for you uh, opportunities if you qualify. And um, we have monthly events and workshops going on. We have one coming up right now for anybody who's listening live on the 20th of July, but, but we do a monthly workshops every month. Um, and we are doing uh, training events consistently because we are we know that people are doing this the wrong way and we want to help you. We want you, our number one mission for your business is that you're able to make sales in any condition, in any environment every day. And it doesn't matter what's going on. So that way you're never a victim to the environment that's happening. You're just able to take, take advantage of solving problems for the people around you so that they can see you as the beacon of hope and light that you know that you are, that God called you to be. So see me there. Make sure you shoot me your name that you tell me if you found me on the podcast here. Um, and uh, let's let's have a conversation that that will get you directly direct access text to me. So that we'll be able to respond to you, answer any questions that you have, and then send you some resources and invitation to our next training if you want one. Fantastic. Well, I highly encourage you to do that. And uh, all of Jim's information is right beneath this video. If you're watching it on video on podcast, it's in there in the show notes. But Jim3P360 is a really easy domain name to remember. And Jim, all of Jim's stuff is there. So go there and send him the text and uh, let him know uh, QBA. And so, uh, and, and you'll be in really, really good hands with Jim. So as we wrap up this episode, Jim, I just want to ask you two things. One is um, if you were to recommend a book, a must read book that has made a difference for you, or you learn a lot from and that you recommend others read, which one would you recommend? And I, I'll tell you what, I have literally, uh, my goal is to read a book a week. Um, I'm doubling that right now. So uh, I've, I've consumed so many amazing books and every day there's so many amazing more. Um, but the two things that I'll recommend, one I, I recommend often, and it doesn't, isn't usually out of left field, but it's called Zen Golf. Zen Golf. Uh, I'm a golfer. Um, it is, if you take, you don't have to know anything about golf or even enjoy it, but it's all about mind over matter, visualization, trusting the process, you will learn so much about how to prepare for life and for business in this book. It's fantastic. I love it. I recommend it all the time. Um, and then the other one that I highly recommend for business, and this is in alignment with our value set, we're all about exponential growth. If you want to grow by 10%, number one, I think somebody sold you a bill of goods because you don't even do that anymore, but more power to you. We just have nothing for you. We can't help you. Um, so there's a book that uh, we're, we've, we've studied recently, and it's called 10X is Easier Than 2X, Dan Sullivan and uh, his writing partner, who I forget the name at the moment. But um, it, is, it is a fact. It is just as easy and easier to grow by 10x than it is to just try to go by 2x or, or God forbid, 10, 15%. It's never been easier in the history of the world than it is right now to make exponential growth happen immediately, right? So take advantage of it. Start seeing that there is so much more for you to do. And it does literally take as much effort to run a seven-figure business as it does a six. And it's actually even easier. So start thinking bigger. 
I just finished that book last week, actually, and uh, amazing. Um, and the concept of 10x is easier than 2x, uh, foreign at first, but once you get through it, it's like, of course, of course, yes. that's how it is. Um, Zen Golf, haven't heard of before, but I'm going to go check that out and I'm going to add that to my learning library. So thank you for a suggestion that we yeah. have. But no one else has re referred uh, us to either of those books yet. So now your name is attached to both of those. So well done. <laughs> so this has been a lot of fun and uh hopefully our audience has found it inspiring and uh again we want you to go out there and find people to partner with and collaborate with and whatever missing piece of the puzzle uh it is that you need in your business people like jim are people to great ones to reach out to because they can bring in what you need and if it's and he knows so many people, uh, right? There's the, we've talked a lot about sales today. That's his zone of genius, but he knows and is so well connected that, you know, Jim's a great one to, to reach out with, uh, to, for whatever it is, that is your missing piece because he probably knows, uh, where you can get it. So, uh, so Jim, thank you to our audience. Thank you. And, uh, Jim, if you were to just, uh, wrap us up here with just one final piece of advice or words of wisdom, what would you say to our audience? Speak to anybody who will listen. Most of us are far too discriminating um, given the size business we have. Um, until you've reached a million dollars, you really haven't proven anything. You're just, you're really trying to figure it out. So don't be like, I can only talk to these kind of people unless you know for darn sure. If you've closed 10, 20, or 50 of those people, that's not enough of a control group. That's not enough of a proven set, right? Wait till you've converted a thousand of them. Speak to anybody who will listen and then start leveraging and scaling from that. Right. Because everything, if you're going to do a webinar, it's because you, you know, should be because you've had so many one on one conversations that you know exactly what to say, when and to who, and you can't manage one on one schedule anymore. It shouldn't be do a webinar to start with yet, because if you don't even know what's the thing you should be, what is your conversion mechanism and what are the questions you should be asking to get people across the finish line, then don't put 50 people on a webinar and then burn them all. Right. Speak to anybody who will listen. Mm. Amazing. Great words to end this episode by. Thank you, Jim. Thank you to our audience. Uh, and uh, again, don't let this be for nothing. I want you to pick one thing that you heard us talk about here today, and I want you to take action on that thing today. Maybe it's some of the tips and the uh, things that Jim was talking about. Maybe it's to reach out to Jim. Whatever it is, I want you to choose one thing and do it today. And in the meantime, keep moving forward. Never, ever give up on your big dream and, and the big impact and the difference that you can make in the world because we're counting on you to to bring your uniqueness and, and your gifts to the world. And Jim and I are here to support you. And in the meantime, this has been the Creative Collaboration Show with Chuck Anderson. My guest has been Jim Padilla, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Collaborators Toolkit. If you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, our free Collaborators Toolkit contains the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday business challenges and to access highly effective ideas that can grow your business exponentially. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to our show. You can get free instant access to the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting our website at www.collaboratorsunite.com 
forward slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Register today and I'll see you on the inside.